It's good to be reminded that uh, in the midst of the battles, God is present. Um, as we were singing that song, I, 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 I think this, this phrase, I count the joy from every battle. I, I, do we believe that, that, that God is in the midst of the struggles, that God is in the midst of the pain? And, and here's what I know. I know that this morning, as I look out at those of you who are here, and as I think about those of you who are connecting with us online, I know that there are a lot of struggles that are represented here. I know there are a lot of struggles represented online. And uh, I just, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that those of you who are online are connecting with us. And until you can be with us in person, we're so thankful for this technology. Um, and I just, I want to open us up and just even before we turn to the message today, because we're in this last message of this Power of Words series. And as we talk, we've talked about the power of words, and we've talked about the power of our salty words to those that are our neighbors, how we need to be salt and light, and we need to, to reach our neighbors with, with compelling words of the love of Jesus. We, we've talked about our, our words to those closest to us in the home and how we need to be uh, building up our kids and, and passing the faith down to that next generation. We've, we've talked about all kinds of words, and today I want to talk about the words that we say to ourselves. I want to talk about those, those words that are playing in your mind over and over, those kind of self-talk words, and sometimes those self-talk words eke out, right? And, and I'm just saying, um, when you have a lot of self-talk words that are full of negativity and full of grumbling and full of complaining, sometimes those self-talk words start slipping out of our mouth, and there is power in our words but I'll just say uh, there's, there's power in the thoughts that we think. Those, sometimes we don't even say the words out loud, but the words are playing in our mind. And I'm just saying, as we think about the power of our words, we've got to understand that it matters what we say. There is power in what we say, but there's power in the words that we allow our mind to run over and over and over in our minds. And so I just want to ask the Lord to help us. I believe God's got something that can help all of us this morning. Um, every single one of us need to hear what God's word says to us today. And so uh, let's just ask the Lord to help us receive. Father, I thank you for these that are here. I thank you for these that are online. Lord, I, I believe that your word has something powerful for each and every one of us today. Help us to lean in today, Lord. I pray that every one of us would, in the midst of whatever we're facing, be able to rejoice in all things. Lord, thank you for that song that we just sang. It tells us that one day we're going to be in heaven with you and everything wrong will be made right and every broken place will be healed and everything that is wrong in the world will be set right by you and we will praise your name for all of eternity. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to hold on to that this morning. Help us to lean into your grace and your presence and Lord, forgive us. Forgive us when we grumble when we complain instead of being filled with gratitude for all that you've done for us. Lord, work in us this morning through the power of your word, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't know why I'm all emotional. This is silly. Um, I'm, uh, I've been reading um, C.S. Lewis's last battle to Landon, 
And um, we're singing this song, and I just lean over to him, and, and it talks about we'll be with the heroes of the faith, and I lean over to him, and I'm like, it's like when, when they find Reaper Cheap, when they get, and if, if you've never read any of the line, the witch in the wardrobe, or those cry, you don't like, what is he talking about? Just, it's good, you should read it. But anyway, they, they get to heaven, and I'm just leaning over, and I'm, I'm thinking about this book as we're singing this song, and just how everything wrong is made right in Narnia. But one day it's going to be that way here on this earth. And so, anyway, if you've never read the Chronicles of Narnia and all of that, you should read it. That's your, your homework. Um, has nothing to do with the sermon. Um, but that song blessed me. So, hey, uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 says this. Jesus said, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. This is what we need to know. We've been saying this over and over in this series. The whole phrase, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is ridiculous, right? Um, our words hurt people more than, than we could ever hurt with sticks and stones. Um, uh, broken bones heal, bruises heal, words can carry on for generations. They, they, can, they can last for decades if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to heal. And, and as we talked about last week, the importance of saying those words, I forgive you. Those are such powerful words, and it's, it's for our good that we're called to do that. But uh, the words that we say in our minds, the tape that we play over and over and over again, those words can be just as damaging. Those words can be just as painful, and, and they're painful to us when they're in our minds. And when they eke out of our mouth, and when we allow the grumbling and the complaining and the, the, just the, the places in our hearts that we just constantly grumble and we constantly complain and, and we just play the tape over and over of everything that's wrong and everything that's, and all the, all the woe is me and all the, all the problems, if all we do is focus on those things, then that starts to pour out of our mouths. And then that's all that we talk about. And then we become one of those negative, bitter people that we used to say, I wonder how that person got to be like that. And then we're that person before we know it because we've allowed grumbling instead of gratitude to be the voice that plays in our heart and plays in our mind. And so um, when I think about grumbling and complaining, um, I, I think about a lot of things. Uh, I think about road trips with my kids. <laughs> how many of you have been on a road trip with your kids and you've heard a lot of grumbling and complaining? Um, how many of you have been on a road trip and you've grumbled and complained, all right? So I, I'm not saying it's just the kids, right? Sometimes it's mom and dad, um, and we're the ones that are grumbling and complaining. Um, so I, I'm, not, I'm not just saying the kids do that, but there, there's just, sometimes you just, you find yourself, you know, just grumbling and complaining, and, and what was me, and you know, how, how many of you have ever gone on a vacation? Um, you know, we went to the Grand Canyon uh, this past summer, and, uh, or this past fall, actually, and um, you know, a lot of expense to go to the Grand Canyon. I mean, we, we saved for a long time. We planned for a long time. And, and you, know, you know, we're just like, okay, you're going to have fun. You're going to like this. You know, I, I don't, you know, there's no complaining, right? This is all fun. No, you know, I, 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 there's, everybody's happy no matter what. Um, and, and yet we find ourselves, we find ourselves grumbling and complaining and instead of having hearts full of gratitude. Um, I, I think about the, the people of Israel. Whenever I think about grumbling and complaining, if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn with me to Exodus 
uh, chapter 14. I'm going to look just at a couple passages in Exodus, and then we're going to hang out in the book of Philippians. And so if you want to, if you have your Bibles and you want to try to find Philippians, it's a small book in the New Testament. Um, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, it's right in those four. Um, But we're going to start in Exodus, because when I think about grumbling and complaining, I always think about the people of Israel as they grumbled and complained. Um, God had set them free, delivered them from slavery in Egypt. Let me just think about this. They were slaves for hundreds of years. And God miraculously works 10 plagues to change Pharaoh's heart. And I mean, just moves in a mighty way on behalf of the people of God to set them free. He splits the Red Sea. He drowns Pharaoh's army when Pharaoh's army chases out. I mean, it's just like, yay, yay. I mean, just good after good after good. I mean, there's just so many good things. And in Exodus chapter 14, verses 11 and 12, we see the response of God's people to all of these good things that God has poured out on them. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us here to die in the wilderness? They probably, you know, this is where when you read scripture, you should do it with the whiny boy. Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. You ever find yourself there? God does a lot of really good things in your life. God's working in some good ways and then something bad happens or there's a difficult place and, and all you can do is focus on the one bad thing. There's, there's just something about our minds that gravitates to the negative. There's just something about our minds that there's a magnetic pull to the negative. There could be nine great things that happen and one really negative thing that happens and all you can think about is the negative thing. All you can think about is the negative thing. I, I mean, I could, I could go on and on you know, you could have nine people compliment you on your outfit today. Just, hey, you look really sharp today. Hey, you know, you're, did you do something to your hair? You know, hey, you look like you lost 10 pounds or, you know, like whatever. I mean, you could have nine people say that to you and then one person walks by you and goes, what are you wearing? <laughs> and all you'll think about the rest of the day is the one person that had that negative thing to say. Isn't that true? There's just something about our minds that gravitates to the negative. We see that with the people of Israel. And then a couple chapters later in, ver- in chapter 16 of Exodus, listen to this. This, this, is the, this is the powerful thing that we need to hear this morning. Chapter 16, verse 1 says, Then the whole community of Israel set out from Eliam and journeyed into the wilderness. And, and so they, they travel about one month after they left the Red Sea. Pick it up at verse 3. So this is a month after they crossed the Red Sea. God did all these things. And this is what they say in verse 3. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. You ever notice how hindsight always looks better than when you were really there? You know, it's like, oh, when we were slaves, 
getting beat every day. It was so good. There was just pots of meat sitting around. I mean, I mean, just when you're in the midst of it, it's horrible. But like somehow when you look back, it's like it doesn't feel so bad. You know, oh, you know, we had these pots of meat. And they're just going on about these pots of meat. And they ate, we filled with all the bread we wanted. But now you've brought us into the wilderness to starve us to death. They were hangry. I don't know if you've ever been hangry. Um, you just... Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out, pick up as much food as they need for that day. I'll test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. And on the sixth day, they'll gather the food, and they'll prepare it, and there'll be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to the people of Israel, this is, pay attention, this is important. Said to the people of Israel, by evening you'll realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. I'm going to read that again. He has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? And then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. And what have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. How would it change the way we complain, we grumble in our minds or externally with our mouths if we realized every time we were complaining, as Moses says, your complaints aren't against that situation. Your complaints aren't against that person. Your complaints are against me. How would that change the way we think about complaining? How would that change the way we think about grumbling? How, how would that change the way that, that we think about uh, just what we say? And, and so uh, to personalize this, um, let, me just, let me get you to think for a moment. What do you, don't, don't shout this out. <laughs> this is self-play, not all play. All right, so this is, this is to yourself. What do you complain the most about? Think about it. Just take a moment. Those of you who are online, do the same. What, what is it that you complain the most about? What is that negative tape that just plays over and over and over in your minds? And you just say, poor me. Woe is me. That what, what a, this, this situation, this, this area, this problem, it, it'll just... It's something that you just complain over and over and over again. Maybe um, if you're younger, maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your parents. Oh, you know, if, if only my parents would, would be like my friend's parents. You know, and your friends are saying, if only my parents would be like my friend's parents. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's your, your teacher's. Maybe it's the school. Maybe it's uh, just your, your friends that, you know, were your friends over here, but they, they did you wrong, and so now you just complain about that group of friends. Uh, maybe it's that you're single, you're not married, and, and you just, you know, you're always complaining that you're not married, and uh, maybe you're married and you're always complaining about your spouse. Um, 
maybe you're complaining about your kids. Maybe you're complaining about your job. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's those really boring meetings that you have to go to every single week and they're awful and they just drag on and on. Staff, don't talk. Um, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's, um, you know, it, it's just this, the fact that there's never enough money if I just had enough money, if I, if I just had a little bit more, if I just had a little bit more, if I just, you know, if, I, if my house were just a little bit bigger, if, if my car would just work, right? Um, I, I won't talk about, yeah. Um, I was about to go down a rabbit trail about my car. Um, but, um, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that you complain the most about. But whatever it is, how would this change the way we complain if, if we realized our complaints were against the Lord and not against that situation? It could be that, that your complaints are, maybe they're simpler. Maybe, maybe you spend all your time complaining about the weather. Maybe you spend all your time complaining about some politician and some uh, policies that that politician is putting out, and, and depending on what side of you're on the fence, uh, it'll be different politicians, but you're just, you're, you're focused on the weather, you're focused on a politician, you're focused on the fact that Amazon Prime and Netflix and Disney Plus have not put out enough original content in the last six months, and you need more. There's just nothing to watch. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is that you complain and complain and complain about, this, this is what we need to understand, that Scripture calls us, Scripture calls us to not be people who grumble and not be people who complain, but to be people who are filled with gratitude for all that God has done and that we would change our perspective. And, and the problem is not your parents. And the problem is not your spouse, and the problem is not your job, and the problem is not the weather, and the problem is not the politician, and the problem is not that you can't find anything to watch on TV. The problem is that we have moved our eyes from focusing on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who has done everything for us given us breath to breathe, life to live, who one day will give us all the joy of eternity with him. We've taken our eyes off of Jesus and we've set our eyes directly on ourselves. And we've said, it's about me, it's about me, it's about me, it's about me. And whenever we do that, we find ourselves grumbling we find ourselves complaining because there's always more that I want. There's always more that, that people need to do for me. When I put my attention solely on myself, instead of focusing my attention on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I find myself grumbling and complaining. And you'll find yourself grumbling and complaining. And so I love this, this passage in Philippians because uh, the Apostle Paul um, is, has dreamed of going to Rome and preaching in Rome. And instead of being able to preach in Rome, he's been arrested and he's in jail. And he finds himself in prison in Rome. And he's chained up to Roman guards and he's, he's there for about two years, changed up but before his eventual uh, execution. And uh, he's... He's in this place, and instead of doing what most of us would do, let's be honest, you, 
think about all the things that Paul had done, right, for the kingdom, for Jesus. And, and most of us, when we found ourselves in his place, we'd be like, God, really? I've done so much for you. I've done, why would you do this to me? After all I've done, after how I've served you, after everything that I've done for you, how could I find myself in this place? But instead of doing that, Paul writes a letter to the Philippian church. And the, the people of the city of Philippi, he writes this letter. And in the, the book of Philippians, we see this in chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Uh, verses 14 and 15 says this, do everything without complaining and arguing. Amen. Go in his peace. That's really all we need, right? Do, do everything without, some of you are like, oh, he's still going. I thought he was serious. Uh, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean lives, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in the world, full of crooked and perverse people. The NIV says it this way in verse 14, do everything without grumbling and arguing. So complaining, grumbling, sometimes yeah, we say, well, I don't complain. I, I just grumble. Scripture says both of them are wrong. So uh, whether you're grumbling, whether you're complaining, uh, Scripture says do everything without this. And, and there are all kinds of spiritual reasons, and we're going to talk about a few of those, um, that, that we need to not grumble, not complain. Uh, but there's some practical reasons for this. There's some just really um, practical psychological reasons. In, in fact, um, Dr. Travis Bradbury uh, wrote a great book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0, and in it he did all this research about complaining, um, and he says, um, repeated complaining hardwires the brain to do, guess what, more complaining. So the more you complain, the more your brain gets wired to complain. The, the, the more you argue and the more you grumble and the more you complain, the, the more your brain just starts taking that as the default path anytime anything happens. And, and according to his book and, and research by many others, it's not long if you complain and you complain and you complain, your brain just starts automatically defaulting to complaining, that after a while you start to get what's called a confirmation bias. And a confirmation bias is this. I believe this is going to happen, so guess what happens? That happens, right? So the confirmation bias is, um, you know, I, I know I'm not going to like this situation. This, so um, let me just be careful because my mother-in-law is watching this. Wendy, I love you. All right. Um, so we're, we're going to my in-laws for Thanksgiving, and I am blessed that I have wonderful in-laws. Um, and I, really, we, we have, I have wonderful extended family, but some of you, I know you're dreading Thanksgiving. Some of you are dreading getting together with your family for the holidays. And there might be all kinds of reasons you're getting, you're dreading. And here's, I'm just telling you, if you play it in your head, this is going to be terrible, 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 this is going to be terrible. Guess what's going to happen? It's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. But if you just say, we're going to have a blast. You know what? We're gonna, I bet you 
Uncle Joe or, you know, whoever it is, Aunt Sally, sorry if you're Joe or a Sally out there, you know, that, um, you know, whoever, you know, I, I bet you it's going to be good this year. I, you know what, I, I feel like it's probably going to, it's going to be a better year this year. And you play that tape and you think that and you talk that, then the confirmation bias, instead of ending negative, can end positive because you've set yourself up in a more positive manner for what you're headed to. And so um, I think it's, it's important that we recognize that the, the tapes that we play in our mind will lead us towards more of the same. So if the tapes you're playing in your mind is, Lord, I'm thankful for all you've done. I'm grateful for my family. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be together. Then, then you'll actually end up in a, in a more positive experience. And Scripture says that we are. We're to think about these things that are lovely and pure and that we're not to dwell on the negative. And yet, we find ourselves dwelling in the negative. In fact, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says this. Paul says, in a prison cell. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right and pure and lovely. And admi- you don't have that scripture, guys, by the way. Um, what, what is admirable? Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So Paul, I, I believe, looking at his life, looking at his teachings, particularly in the book of Philippians, I think Paul would say to us two things. Number one, Paul would say to us, if you find yourself in a circumstance that is a difficult place, that is a, or you see something that is not right, and you can do something about it, you should do something about it. So, so this isn't about just, you know, positive thinking, looking at all kinds of broken things and just trying to be positive about it, right? There's nothing wrong with seeing a situation and saying, that's not right. That, it's not sin to look at something and go, that's not right. That should be fixed. That, you know, this should be worked out. Uh, Nehemiah in the Old Testament did this. He looked at the walls broken down and, and it, it bothered him that the walls of Jerusalem were destroyed. It bothered him that they weren't, what, you know, that the, the, the people of the city weren't protected. And, but instead of just complaining about it and complaining about it and complaining, somebody ought to do something about that and you know, making posts on social media, not that Nehemiah had that opportunity, but you know, um, instead of doing all those things, what did Nehemiah, he did something about it. He, he actually made a difference. And so when you look around and you see there's a situation, there's a problem, there's an issue, and something can be done about it, we should do something about it. That we should, we should be the people of God who go into the dark places and make the dark places better. We should be the people of God who bring light into the darkness, who help fix and mend broken situations. That's what we should do. But here's the other thing that Paul would say. If you can't change your circumstances, because there are those times like Paul in a Roman prison and he couldn't do anything about it, then change your perspective. Change your perspective. Make the choice that you're not going to dwell on all the things that you want to grumble and complain about and just choose to think of the goodness of God. Choose to think of all that God has done and, and find a way to take your perspective off of yourself and put your perspective on Jesus 
And as you change your perspective, he'll be able to help you find gratitude in your life instead of grumbling. And I, I think as we head into Thanksgiving, this is a time where, you know, we just eat a whole bunch of pie, you know, and, and turkey. And we've kind of lost the, the whole idea of, of being really grateful what if, what if instead of just eating a bunch of food and being gluttonous, I'm not, you could do that too, but um, just exercise afterward or something, but what if after or before we just eat a bunch of food, we spend time really being grateful for what God has done. We share what we're thankful for. We, we've, we've lost that. We, we've lost this attitude sounds corny. This attitude of gratitude. I didn't even have written that down. That just came out. Um, this at, I like that. This attitude of gratitude. What, what if we had that instead of this attitude of grumbling? Because I, I just know our hearts gravitate. Our hearts gravitate to the negative. There, there could be, even, even in this service, there, there could be 10 things that God did that are good. And, and Satan will say, they changed it up. They, they did something different. Like, why'd they do the video announcement there instead of here? And when are we going to take the offering? I mean, Cole already talked about the offering, but then we didn't take it. And like, what's going on? Like, you know, I mean, there's just things that we can focus on and we can miss what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us instead of the fact that, that God wants to work in us. And so how do we change our perspective from grumbling to gratitude. Uh, we were together um, with a lot of our dream team members this weekend for um, our first leader fest where we, we gathered all of, uh, all of you who serve in any capacity um, and on any of our teams, our dream team, and we just, we, we watched some amazing global leadership talks, and uh, we, we just, we were, we were uplifted, we were encouraged, and one of those talks was by a lady named uh, Vanessa Van Edwards, and she told this amazing story about um, these people that were brought in in a research study into a dark room, and they were blindfolded, and they were asked to uh, tell her how good the strawberry yogurt, or tell the researcher how good the strawberry yogurt was that they were to sample. And so they all sampled it, and then they reported how good the strawberry yogurt was. And what was interesting is 59% of the people said the strawberry yogurt was really good. The only problem was it was chocolate. It wasn't strawberry. And so she just talked about the confirmation bias that when your brain says, this is strawberry yogurt, this is strawberry yogurt, this is strawberry yogurt, it tasted like strawberry yogurt, even though it was chocolate yogurt. I mean, that's how powerful our brain is. That's how powerful uh, the, the, the power of suggestion is. And so uh, she just talked about how we, we need to prime our thoughts uh, with positive. And, and as she was talking, I was thinking, this is exactly what Paul did here in Philippians, this, this idea of choosing, intentionally choosing that I'm going to focus on the good, I'm going to focus on being grateful. And the more we focus on being grateful, the harder it is for us to grumble. The more we focus on all the good things that God is doing, the more it's difficult for us to, to grumble and complain about the things that are going wrong. And so uh, Paul says in Philippians 2, 17 and 18, he says, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life 
pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. Just like your faithful service is an offering to God. That Paul wasn't saying when, when he says here, Paul, Paul wasn't saying um, one day when I die, I'll be poured out. He was saying right now I'm being poured out like a drink offering. I, there's just, it's hard. This is difficult. But he was saying, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to choose to rejoice and think about the good things of God. And I, I just love his perspective shift because here's how Paul thought about this. He, here he is in a Roman prison cell, chained up to a Roman guard, and there's a shift change every hour, eight hours, and he gets a new Roman guard. And so instead of Paul moaning and complaining, and oh, it's so terrible, and this guy has such bad BO, and you know, and I'll just, you know, all of the things that he could complain about, what Paul does is he says, listen, every eight hours I get a new person that I get to share the gospel with. Every eight hours, somebody gets chained to me for eight hours and I get to share the good news of Jesus with them. And, and according to Paul, he just says, hey, listen, the, the good news is being spread throughout. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14, he says, and I, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me has helped spread the good news for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak of God's message without fear. He just said, I'm gonna change my perspective. Instead of focusing on how terrible it is that I'm chained to this Roman guard, I'm gonna celebrate the fact that every eight hours I get a new person that I get to share the gospel with and he's stuck with me. He can't... He can't get away, and for eight hours, he just got to share Jesus, share Jesus, and he just changed his perspective, and because he changed his perspective, he was able to rejoice in the midst of a really, really terrible situation. And I would just ask you, what are you chained to? What, what is the situation that you're chained to right now that you can't get away from? And, and you would say, I've been complaining about that situation and complaining about that situation and complaining about that situation. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a job issue. Maybe it's a family issue. And, and, and you just said, I'm, I'm, I'm chained to this situation. I, I can't change the situation. There's nothing I can do about it. And I've been complaining and I've been grumbling and I'm gonna choose today to change my perspective. And I'm gonna choose today to choose gratitude, and to focus on the good things that God can do through this difficult circumstance. That somehow God can work in me and grow me more into the image of Christ. That somehow God can work in me and, and shape my character and give me an opportunity to be light in the darkness. That, that I'm going to choose to focus on the things that God can do in me instead of focusing on all of the things that are wrong. And I just, I know that this is how, how it works in our lives. We gravitate to the negative. And I'm just telling you, church, Scripture calls us to choose the words that we say, but also the words that we think. We get to choose how we, what tapes we play in our mind. Is it a tape filled with gratitude for all of God's goodness? 
or is it a tape full of grumbling because woe is me in this situation and this situation and, and that. And it. We get to choose. And Jesus would call us. Paul in Scripture here in Philippians would call us to this. Paul would say, yet I will rejoice. Why? Because he saw the goodness of God even in the midst of this difficult situation. I'm going to read one last passage, and then I'm going to, I'm going to land the plane here. Um, but in Psalm 105, verses 1 through 6, David says these words, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. He forgives all of my sins. He heals all of my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Listen, life may be really difficult for you right now. There might be some really terrible things that are going on in your life. And in the midst of all of those things, in the midst of all of the challenges that you're facing, you get to choose whether you're going to grumble and complain or whether you're going to be filled with gratitude for all that God has done and you're going to rejoice in the goodness of God. This, this really struck me uh, this week. Um, I got a phone call from Steve Green uh, in the office and he gave me permission to share this story. But uh, Steve has gone through some really difficult physical places and times and uh, just went through a major surgery and um, he was just sharing how he was in a really dark place a few days ago and, and he was just in a, in a, it was just a hard, dark place and he felt lonely, he felt isolated, he just, he found himself just thinking about all the negative and he said, I, I just, I knew that what I needed to do was start calling some people in the church and thanking them for the difference that they had made in my life and for their prayers and for the encouragement. And, and he just shared how he had been calling people and just saying thank you. And he was just sharing with me how, how grateful he was for the church's prayers and how grateful he was for people that have reached out to him. And, and, and look, the difference in his voice, he said, everything changed when I just started calling people and saying thank you, that all of a sudden, instead of focusing on all the bad that I'm going through, all I could do was think about how grateful I was for people who had reached out to me. And I told him, I said, this, I said you wouldn't even know this. I said, but that's exactly what I'm talking about this Sunday, is this idea of this intentional choice of how we choose and the, the difference it makes in our life when we choose gratitude instead of, Grumbling. So I want to I pray with us, and I want to invite you to bow your heads, and uh, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I believe there's, uh, as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, I believe there's, there's probably two groups uh, of people, um, and as we all have our eyes closed and our heads bowed, I just, I want you to just say, 
Lord, what is it that I grumble and complain the most about? What is it that, that my heart moves to that is the negative? And just think about that. Think, think about those things that um, you have, may, maybe you've been complaining externally. Maybe, maybe you have been like the people of Israel and all you've been doing is just woe is me, woe is me. And, and you've been verbally expressing this and you've been spitting poison out at other people around you. This morning, just, just confess that to the Lord. Let's just say, Father, would you forgive us? Father, would you forgive us for the times that we have focused on the, the difficult places of life? Father, would you forgive us for the times that we have we focused on the negative? We've, we've focused on where we are in, in a situation instead of changing our perspective to focusing on you and recognizing that that in the scheme of eternity, knowing that, that one day we will be in heaven and all wrong things will be made right and we will stand in your presence and every tear will be wiped away and, and we will have pure joy and pure celebration for billions and trillions in eternity that this blip of a difficult situation that we're in is not worth us becoming bitter people. It's not worth us becoming angry people. It's, it's not worth us allowing Satan to get a foothold in our hearts and our lives and, and for us to, to become people that all we do is grumble and complain instead of people that are filled with joy and people that are filled with gratitude because of what you've done for us. Father, forgive us for that. And just with every head bowed and eyes closed. I, I just want to ask this question. If that's you, if you just said, hey, I, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm, I'm struggling with finding myself grumbling and complaining more than being filled with gratitude. And, and I, I, I want to change that. I want to turn that around. Would you just slip your hand up? I want to just pray for you especially. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, be with these that have lifted their hands. You know the need. You know the situation. You know the broken place. You know that the things that they can't change, they can't fix. But Lord, I pray that you would help them change their perspective. That they would receive your grace. That they would understand how much you love them. That they would recognize all the blessings in their life. And, and that you would help them as they focus on those things. That you would wash away the trouble and the difficulty and the challenge that they're in. And, and, and like Paul, may they have the ability to rejoice in the midst of this situation, to rejoice in the midst of the painful place because of your goodness to them. I just want to continue to pray and, and maybe ask if you're here, I, I think about this passage in, in Psalms where it says that our sins were forgiven. And there is one who was poured out like a drink offering for all of us. And Jesus laid down his life and his body was broken and his blood was shed so that we could have forgiveness of sins, that we could be made right. And if, if you're here, if you're online and you've never received forgiveness and you've never said, I'm going to follow Jesus, I want to pursue him, I want him to change me from the inside out. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and say, I need that today, I want that. Would you just... Let me pray for you and with you. I, I, I need to receive that forgiveness and that grace in my heart to be changed. 
Father, you know those that are here and online who have expressed a desire to receive your grace and your forgiveness. Lord, I pray that they would understand that your grace is available, that you not only love them, you love them more than they could possibly imagine, that you've gone to great lengths to pursue them, that you've chased after them with your love and your grace. And Father, would they just, in these moments, just say, Dear Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins? I want to follow you. I want want to lay down my life, and I want to give my life to you, and I want to follow you, and I want you to change me from the inside out. I'm tired of being the person that has defined me. I'm tired tired of of being filled with negativity and being filled with, with all the things that have defined me, Lord, and I can't change me. I've tried, but I need you to change me from the inside out. Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? Will you change me? I choose this day to bow my knee and follow you as Lord and Savior. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Scripture would say, if you prayed that prayer, that you are a new creation. Everything old is gone and everything has become new. I invite you to open your eyes and just look up here. Whether you're a new follower of Jesus or whether you've been following Jesus a long time, the magnetic pull towards negativity, the magnetic pull towards grumbling, the magnetic pull towards complaining can catch us all at different places. It's a daily choice to say, I choose gratitude. I choose to give thanks. I choose to rejoice in the midst of this situation. And you get to choose that every single day. And the question is, is will we do what Scripture calls us to do? Or will we allow the poison of grumbling and complaining to fill our hearts? My prayer is that we'll be a church that would be so filled with joy and gratitude that there would be no room for complaining and grumbling to God, to others, or to ourselves. We're going to respond to all that God has done. And I, I am going to get in real trouble here, but is there any chance that we could sing hymn of heaven again as a response or is that going to just completely mess us up? Because that is, that is, I know all the musicians are like, what, I'll talk for a second while they change music. Um, I'm going to go ahead and ask our ushers uh, to come. Um, here, we're going to respond in two ways right now. We're going to respond through giving and we're going to respond through worship. This song, Hymn of Heaven, this is the perspective that allows us to give rejoicing in the midst. And so I'm going to ask you to stand. Um, Our ushers are going to pass the baskets. If you filled out a communication card, if you want to give in these moments, uh, many of you give online. Even if you give online, here's, I, I want to, it's been two years since we've passed baskets, so I know it's hard. Here's how this works. An usher is going to hand you a basket, you're going to take it. And you're going to pass it to the person next to you. You can do this. I believe in you. All right. So they're going to pass you the basket. You're going to pat, and we're going to sing. We're going to respond to God through our giving, and we're going to respond to God through our worship. So let's respond. Amen. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. 
and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Listen, our difficulties right now, they are momentary. And we get to choose whether we're going to be filled with gratitude for God's goodness or grumbling for the situations that we find ourselves in. Go in his peace. May we be a people who are filled with gratitude. You're dismissed.